my friends in Christ, the central core message of the gospel that the church has the privilege and even the responsibility of proclaiming is the message of Jesus's passion and death and ultimately his resurrection from the dead. In fact, the church considers that to be one thing, the paschal mystery, his passion and death, his resurrection, and finally his ascension back to the Father. And in the Christian life, we we never separate that mystery from the way that we follow our Lord. And so it's, it's never suffering for suffering's sake. It's never sacrifice for the purpose of sacrifice. In the Lenten journey in particular, we sacrifice and sometimes struggle with the end of Easter in mind, that we're moving forward towards the resurrection and the celebration of that great mystery. And the opposite is also true. We, we never focus just on the resurrection and the glory of God risen from the dead without recognizing also that we do struggle, we do encounter the cross. Remember Jesus in the gospel says, unless you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And so the Paschal mystery is the suffering and death and resurrection of Jesus from the dead. You know, in the sacred Triduum, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, the Easter Vigil, we celebrate that passage, the word Pasch means passage, where we get Paschal mystery. We celebrate that passage in a very beautiful and focused way. But if you don't want to wait for the sacred Triduum, which is over a month away, we have the Paschal mystery in a powerful and beautiful way in our readings for this weekend. We hear of both the passion, suffering, and also the glory and resurrection hinted at in both the first reading and in the gospel. And so the book of Genesis this weekend focuses on the binding of Isaac, as the ancient Jewish fathers called it. So Isaac is bound, placed upon the altar, about to be sacrificed by Abraham. He's willing to sacrifice his only son. It's a foreshadowing of the cross. God will give his only son on the altar of the cross for the salvation of the world. And yet, in that dark and very difficult scene, we already have shadows of the resurrection. There's a hint of the resurrection present, because the letter to the Hebrews in the New Testament says Abraham was willing to offer up his son Isaac, considering that God was able to raise men even from the dead. He was considering that God was able to raise men even from the dead. And so we do have a glimpse of the resurrection, even in that difficult moment of the binding of Isaac. And of course, it doesn't end the way that it was going to end. It ends with Isaac alive. He, it's not God's will that Isaac be killed. 
God allows a ram to be offered up instead. And so just like Christ will take our place on the cross, Jesus is the ram. He is the lamb of God who takes our place for our salvation. Now we move to the gospel. The gospel in the same way has both the passion and the resurrection present. We know a couple verses before the ones we listened to in the gospel this weekend in St. Mark, that just six days before this moment of the transfiguration, Jesus has predicted his own passion. He has told the disciples that he will be arrested, handed over to men, that he will suffer greatly, be crucified, and then he will rise from the dead. And Peter had been completely scandalized. That will never happen to you, Peter had said. And all the disciples were troubled. Six days later, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up to the height of the mountain, and he reveals his glory to them. He shows them what he looks like, glorified, as he will be in the resurrection, as he was from the foundation of the world. And Pope St. Leo the Great, back in the 5th century, says there are really two reasons why he does that. The first reason is to take away the scandal of the cross. That Peter, James, and John, when they see Jesus arrested, when they see him beaten and crucified and buried, could easily be shaken to the core in their faith, and they will be. But catching a glimpse of his glory, they'll remember what this ends like. They'll know that it ends well, and they'll be able to hold on, barely, but they will hold on. Second reason, says Pope St. Leo the Great, is that Jesus wants to give them a glimpse of their own final end. Remember, these men themselves will suffer persecution, all kinds of outrages, all kinds of challenges. They'll go through their own passion and suffering and death and ultimately enter into the glory of God. And so the temptation for us on the Christian path is to want to remain with the glory, right? And to not go through the passion and the struggle and the challenge of the cross. St. Peter represents that camp in the gospel this weekend. He says, Lord, it is good that we are here. Let us build three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He wants to stay there on the mountain. He doesn't want to come down and struggle and suffer. It's a famous sermon by St. Augustine, who is preaching to the people about the transfiguration, and he suddenly ceases preaching to them and starts to shout to St. Peter, who wants to remain on the mountain. He says, come down, Peter. You were desiring to rest on the mountain. Come down. Then he concludes by sharing all the ways that Christ came down, all the ways he surrendered himself to the passion, to the humiliation, in order to enter into his glory. He says, the life came down. 
that he might be killed. The bread came down that he might hunger. The way came down that he might be wearied on the journey. The fountain came down that he might thirst. And you, Peter, refused to suffer. Where are we experiencing the cross in our own lives today? Where perhaps have we entered maybe more deeply into the sacrifices of the Lenten season? We ask for the grace to remember how this ends, that we're called to enter into the glory of the resurrection, the joy of Easter. And might we not wait until the sacred triduum to come to realize even now the joy, the grace, and the love of God in the Paschal Mystery.